We started a series a few weeks ago on the book of Colossians called Rooted. Rooted. And it comes from this verse in Colossians chapter 2, verse number 7, where it says, Let your roots grow down in him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth. And let your lives be built on him. Speaking of Jesus. Then let your faith grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. And we want to be rooted. As followers of Jesus, that's the goal. To be rooted so that we can grow deep and live strong. And to make his name known. Strong enough to face any storm. Being born and raised in the state of Oklahoma i faced a few storms. How many guys have faced a few storms? Here in Oklahoma, if you're watching online, every Saturday at noon, we're reminded that we face storms. And it's like a siren's going off. Just like, hey, by the way, we face some storms. I believe if we had a theme song in Oklahoma, it would probably be the theme song from this trio, I think called Destiny's Child. Hit it, hit it, DJ right there. Come on, anybody? Come on, you, you can wake up. It's, it's. Right there. Oh, man. I didn't even get into the, oh, 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 oh. Man, that's not just a song from living in the state of Oklahoma. That's a song that we could all sing because we've survived this last year. Come on. Woo. Every day you wake up, I'm a survivor, I'm gonna make it, right? It's like, man, we've survived. We've survived. Man, here in Oklahoma, we actually have this tree that that represents survival. It's actually called the survivor tree. And it's described as a symbol of resilience. This American elm tree survived the bomb's blasts of April 19th, 1995 here in Oklahoma City. Anytime someone comes to visit, I always bring them to this tree. I don't even know if you know this, but the Oklahoma City Thunder, any new player they have, they go to visit the Bombing Memorial to remind them what city they're playing for. And this tree is a symbol of hope in our city. Survivor tree. Man, yeah, it's, we've survived. And when you're rooted, we don't want to just survive, but we can thrive. God wants us to thrive. Paul, Paul understands resilience. Paul understands resilience. Listen, like Paul, this guy was shipwrecked, snake bit. About that moment, I'd be like, yo, God, really? I'm just trying to live for you. And so he understands resilience. And even when he's writing the book of Colossians, he's writing to the church of Colossae from a prison in Rome. he's, He's showing us what it looks like to be rooted and to thrive. Paul is calling the Colossian believers to reflect on Christ's character in every area of their lives and to put truth into practice. The key to doing this is to submit to Jesus as our Lord, both because he's God and because he is the final word of authority in our lives. The book of Colossians, Paul, Paul exalts Christ and calls the church to display his glory and truth to be lived out in the way we live. Paul's not just giving us good theology in Colossians, he's also given us practice because theology that doesn't lead to practice becomes empty orthodoxy and practice without biblical theology becomes empty activity. Today, we will look at the third chapter of the book of Colossians and Paul opens up 
the chapter with these words. He says, since you have been raised to new life. Can you say new life? Online, you can type it right there, new life. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits on the place of honor of God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. In the NIV, it opens up this way. It says, since then, since then you've been saved. Since then, you have this new life. Are you thankful for the new life that we have in Jesus? He's like, since then. He opens up chapter three with a reminder, hey, by the way, you have new life. Since then, you have new life. Since then, our vision must change. Since then, our thinking must change. Since then, your whole life needs to live for him. Later on in the chapter, verse 17, could be kind of the the foundational verse of this chapter. He says this in verse 17, writing from a prison in Rome, he says, and whatever you do or say, rewind, and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God our Father. And whatever, whatever means everything, whatever you do, wherever you go, whatever you say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Since then, as followers of Jesus, we should represent Jesus. Man, all, all of us represent something or someone. We represent our family, our hometown. And you know that because you talk about it. You are about it. Everyone knows where Pastor Herbert is from. Where's Pastor Herbert from? Look at that. Woka, Oklahoma. If you're watching online, you can Google it. Go Tigers. Well, Woka, Oklahoma, everybody knows it because Pastor represents. That's his team. That's where he grew up. Verse 17 sums it all up. He says, whatever means everything. Paul's asking, are you repping Jesus? Are you representing his brand? Jesus is authorizing this contract of our life with his signature. You are to do everything under the authority of Jesus, making sure he approves by your actions. Jesus' name signed at the bottom of your day means his power is working through you. This is a privilege, but it also comes with the responsibility to do all things with his reputation in mind. Paul's challenging us today to represent Jesus in all we do, in all we say. Have you ever watched those award shows? Like, you know, the Golden Globes, the Oscars, the Grammys. They all start the same, you know. Everyone's out on the red carpet, all the pretty people. They're, they're dressed really fancy. And they're walking, they're waving and smiling, you know. And then, then they get interviewed and, and they, someone puts a mic in their face and they ask this question. Who are you wearing? Who are you wearing? They don't ask what they're wearing. They ask who they're wearing because they're wearing a designer that represents someone's name. Who are you wearing? And they'll say, I'm wearing Gucci. I'm wearing Ralph Lauren. I'm wearing Chanel, Armani, Calvin Klein. Who are you wearing? Who are you wearing? I'm wearing Target. Or as some would say, Target. I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Who are you wearing? And Paul is is asking the church the same question. Who are you wearing? Who are you representing? In 2021, we need the church to represent Christ now more than ever. 
For us to represent Jesus, we might need to, to do some cleaning. We might need to change some things. We might need to, to throw away a few things. We might need to look at our closet. You know, is anyone in this room that you, you have a closet full of stuff you never wear? This is actually some, like, like clothes from my closet. Look at this. This is a jacket that I had in sixth grade. Can I tell you, I cannot wear this jacket. The Dragons. It's a baseball team that I played on. Why do I still have this in my closet? It's funny that we have things in our closet that, that we just don't wear. Or you have a closet full of things, and like my daughters have said to me, Dad, I don't have anything to wear. Like, wait a second, your closet's full of stuff. Man, have you ever, have you ever thought about like uh, what it would be like to have, you know, um, one of those people's uh, come from like HTTV and like help you organize your closet? You ever watch those shows? I, I, can, I can start watching an HGTV show, and then like four hours later, I'm like, man, they're on their third house. I, I want to see how they, how they finish it, right? And, and, and these people come in. They help you organize. They help, they help you get rid of some things. You know that's kind of what Paul's doing right here? He's writing to the church. He, he's, he's helping them understand, hey, man, we need to evaluate what's in our closet. It's the same thing that Paul's writing. Look what he says in Colossians 3. Five and nine, he says, so put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. He says, don't be greedy, for a greedy person is adulterer, worshiping the things of the world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of the world. So he's letting us evaluate some things like, hey, you need to put to death these things, these things, because those things represent your old life. They represent the world. But now, someone say, but now. He says, but now, get, it's time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have been stripped off of your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Remember, Paul opened this chapter reminding us that we have been raised to new life in Christ. When you're rooted in Jesus, then the fruit of your life represents Jesus. Are you representing the things of Jesus? We represent a lot of things, our teams, our family, our city, our state. But we're called to represent Jesus. So the question today, how can we represent Jesus? How can we represent Jesus? Because that's what we're called to do. Number one, to represent Jesus, we need to put to death the old life. As followers of Jesus, we have some stuff in our closet that doesn't represent Jesus. And I'm not talking about a literal closet. I'm talking about the closet of our lives. There's some things we've been holding on to that God's calling us to, as it says here in Colossians, to get rid of. We have to clean out some things because understand every day we're representing Jesus. It says, man, that sin. There's some of us that, like, we just, we love to sin. We've all sinned, by the way. We've all sinned. And as I heard one pastor once say, if you didn't have fun sinning, you weren't doing it right. It's like, sin is real. But sin will keep you from living with Jesus for eternity. Sin will push you away from others. It'll push you away. Man, sin. Today, 
You know what we need to do? We need to get rid of sin. We need to put to death the sin in our life. Let's go to the, the closet. He, he says, he says, man, he says, sexual immorality, impurity, and lust. I thought, man, that's that's the whole that's the whole suit and tie. Like that's like that's a whole outfit. Some of us got that whole fit. Lust and sexual immorality. And that's that outfit that, you know, you don't want people to see on Instagram. Or maybe some of you do. It's, it's that outfit that, that's back in the, the back of the closet. And you don't want to get rid of it because it represents some, some things in your life. Maybe even in that outfit, you might still be holding on to a number that you should have got rid of. That there's something, that outfit that you keep holding on to. Can I tell you, lust just won't destroy your marriage and your relationships. Man, it can destroy your life. It, 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 it'll hold you a lot longer than you want it to. Man, it, it's, it's something that's it's scary when we just let lust rule our life. And we, man, we like that outfit. It's my, I have some good memories now. outfit. You know what? We need to put to death lust. You might have to delete some phone numbers, block some numbers, unfollow some people. Church, we are called to make history, not delete history. And some of us, we need to get man, back to thriving again and put to death lust and sexual desires. Put it to death. Do you hear the vocabulary that Paul's saying? He doesn't say like, hey, just put that in the back of your closet. Put it to death. I have a trash can representing what we need to throw away, but I probably should have used the casket because we need to put it to death because sometimes we're like, oh, man, but I, I really like that tie. I, 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 really, I, really like, I really like that love. I mean, I'll, I'll throw away some of the outfit, but I'll keep this. No, 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 it's time we put it to death. Evil desires, greed, greed. Man, my hoodie, Miss Monopoly. Get out of jail free card. Greed. Man, greed is that, that thing that we just, we just can't live without. It's that desire, that thing that we want but we know we don't need. How many of you ever spent some money on something that you're like, why did I do that? But you just thought you had to have it. I just had to have it. For your kids, they're like, Mom, Dad, I guess I gotta, I gotta, I gotta have it. And we, we feel this like, man, I want them to have it. And, and so we, we sometimes let greed get the best of us. How many of you ever like saw a deal that you just couldn't pass up? They're just like, oh, I just can't, I, I you know, and, and something takes control. I, I had one of those moments. And uh, it was right before we got married. My wife and I, we've been married for 18 years, and before we, we got married, we're, we're trying to, you know, do the wedding, and I mean, I, I was a youth pastor in the south side of OKC, and really wasn't making a lot of money, and, and I don't come from a lot of money, so I can't ask someone for, hey, like, can I borrow some money for the honeymoon? So I'm trying to figure out the honeymoon, and we, we heard about this presentation we could go to, to win a chance, to win a cruise. I'm like, all right, we got this. We can go listen for a couple hours. I, we can do this. We pull up to this hotel. The, the presentation was going to be in the conference room, and my wife and I are having the pep talk. Hey, we got this. We're not going to buy anything. It's about the free cruise. Eye on the prize. Then we go in there. This guy walks up. There's literally like four couples in this room. This guy walks up, and he starts talking about these pots and pans. And they were the greatest pots and pans I've ever heard of in my life. I literally, as I'm going, man, 
the how, and he's talking about how, man, this is a great investment as, as a newlywed couple. I'm like, babe, we, we need these pots and pans. Like we have to start our life with the best pots and pans. And I'm sitting there going, I, I, I blacked out for a second. Like these, it was crazy. Next thing I know, I'm signing on the dotted line for like $800 for these pots and pans. I don't even know how to cook at the time. My wife, I'm like, do you know how to know? You don't know how to cook either. We're going to get these pots and pans because greed like blinded me. By the time we got home, we're like, what were we thinking? So you might ask, do you still have those pots and pans? No. We, we said, hey, take it away. Hey, man, we don't want the crew. We don't want anything. Because sometimes that, that MasterCard can become your master. We need to throw away greed. We need to put to death greed, idolatry. Listen, like I, I know some of you feel like this year, dude, you need to throw that away. I know it's not our year. This has nothing to do with the thunder. This has everything to do with anything that you put in front of God. Any gods that you put in front of God. Any idols that you put in front of God. Because can I tell you, if you didn't know this by now, your team, the thunder included, is going to let you down. Good players are going to leave. They're going to leave you. But can I tell you, Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. So you know what? I, I don't want to live my life with this being my God. I want the creator of the universe to be my God. I want to put to death those things. Can I tell you this morning? If we don't put sin to death, sin will put us to death. James chapter 1, verse 14 through 15 says, Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us. And drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Man, it, it doesn't seem like doesn't seem like a big deal. But over time, the debt's so big that it's like it's strangling you. Oh, it's just one credit card. Oh, it's just a no. Sin over time gives birth to death. How many have that, that, that shirt that's like your favorite shirt? You know, it's like still in your closet. Like there's a stain on it that you like know the stain. You're like, man, I remember that barbecue joint was awesome. Like, like, you, like that shirt, it's like your Saturday shirt. It's like just your comfy shirt. And, and for me, th this would be my Saturday shirt. Anger. You're like, why are you wearing that on Saturday? There's a lot of sporting events on Saturday. As a college football fan, there's some games on Saturday. As a dad that has girls and, and have been a soccer dad for 10 years, I've had a couple of angry moments, especially when my daughters were little. I'm like yelling at the ref, like, it wasn't offsides. Hey. The ref's like 13. He wants to cry to his mom. My wife was actually my daughter's first coach. There was one time that the game was tied, and my wife took the best players out, and I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, hey, you play to win. They're five years old. You play to win. I'm texting her. She didn't talk to me for a while. It's tough when you're so frustrated at the coach, but the coach is your wife. Anger. I know I'm being silly, but this is the thing. What kind of witness am I being when I'm wearing anger on a Saturday? But then I'm worshiping on Sunday. And the ref shows up to church. Which can I tell you? He did. That's a little awkward. 
Are you representing Jesus? Man, we need to put to death anger. We need to put to death. Man, this, this camo hoodie represents the world because it said, hey, man, you used to do these things when you're a part of the world. You live in the world. Listen, we can't fight the battles of God while wearing camouflage of the world. We are called to be separate, to stand out. We need to put to death the things of this world. We need to put those things to death. We got to put them to death. Rage, dirty language, lying. We got to put them all, man, throw them all away. We got to put them to death so that we can represent Jesus. When we're rooted in Jesus, we will look more like Jesus. Some of you might be asking, but, but what do I wear? What do I wear now? Listen to what it says next in Colossians, verses 10 and 11, chapter 3. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, say new life. But in this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us to represent Jesus, number two, we need to put on the new life. Can I tell you about this new life? This new life is all inclusive. It's one size fits all. Have you ever went to one of those stores and you like an extra large at one store is different than an extra large at another store? You walk in you're like, oh yeah, extra large, yeah, yeah. And you go into the dressing room, you're like, whoa, what happened? Is it me or the shirt? This seems like a medium. Like an extra large, what's happening? Can I tell you, this is what's amazing about the good news, the gospel. It's all inclusive. Did you hear what it said? It literally said, man, Gentile or Jew. It says barbarian, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. It's for all of us. And we, we get this new outfit. We get this new wardrobe. We accept him as Lord. Paul goes on. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy, dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion. He's talking about what we need to be putting on. Kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave. I don't want to just rush through this verse. Did you see what it said at the beginning? You're God's chosen people, dearly loved. Man, we're chosen today. For purpose and on a purpose. We're loved with an everlasting love. With, with, with a love that, that's hard to even imagine, but that's the way God loves us. So knowing this, let's put on these new clothes at our workplace, at our school, at our home. People around us see who we're wearing. Man, we, we need to put anger to death and put on kindness. We need to put our desires, sinful desires to death and put on holiness. We need to put greed to death and put on generosity. Church, we have enough hate in this world. We, we need to put on some compassion. It says is God, God saw them as Jesus saw them. He, he had compassion on them. Let us see the way Jesus sees. We put on compassion. We put on kindness. Paul continues in verse 14, he says this, Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Above all, clothe yourself in love. And we need to be clothed in love. 
he tells us, he, he walks through kind of the closet of our life, and he said, hey, above all that, clothe yourself in love. We need to clothe, and, and love brings unity. Love brings us together. Man, I'm just going to pull Mr. Rogers right now. We need to put on, to put on love, to, to put on love that when people see us, they see the love of God. Who are you wearing? Who are you wearing? When you wear love, look what happens. Jesus said this in John 13, 35. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciple. Your love, your love proves to the world. At that soccer game, it's your love that proves to the world. At home, it's your love. At school, it's your love. We need to wake up every day and put on love. Jesus also said this in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 20. He says, yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, you can identify people by their actions. Church, you can't have fruit without roots. When you are rooted in Christ, your life will represent Christ. You can't force fruit can't just hurry up, fruit, fruit. No, it's we abide in the vine and serve him and out of the overflow of our love for him. We produce fruit. Put on love. Staying rooted in Jesus is a daily decision. I'm so glad that you woke up today and put on clothes. You made that decision. It's a daily decision. In the same way you put on clothes this morning, we need to put on love every day. Some of you is like, man, it's just, I just don't, I, these are comfortable. Man, at the beginning of quarantine, some of you rock some comfortable clothes. Like you wore those sweatpants way too long. You like, they passed the sniff check, you know, oh, they're good. One more day. No, man. <laughs> when you wear that, what happens? They stanky. Can I tell you, the world can smell it. They can smell when you continue to wear the things of the world. put away throw it away put to death those things and put on love when you're rooted in Christ you represent Christ who are you wearing who are you wearing he said above all when we walk in love it'll help us be compassionate and kind above all when we're clothed in love patience will follow it's easy to have patience when you love when you love. When you're clothed in love, it's easier to forgive. That's why he said, above all, put on love. As followers of Jesus, we don't dress to impress. We dress to make an impact. We don't dress to impress. I'm just putting on my Sunday's best. No, I want to be dressed to impact every single day every single day. People are watching. Your kids are watching. Your classmates are watching. The people at work are watching. Who are those people that are going to be impacted this week because you put on love? This Easter season, who will be impacted because you decide to take off anger and put on love? Did you know that what you wear can change someone's wear? What you wear, W-E-A-R, can change someone's W-H-E-R-E. What you wear can impact someone's eternity forever. 
what you wear. You never know what day, man, what, what kind of day someone had until you walk into work wearing love. And they don't, they see something different in you because they see Jesus in you. It's the power of Jesus that can break every chain. That's why we put on love, not to impress, but to impact those around us and not just to impact someone's tomorrow, but to impact someone's eternity. We put on love every day. We put on love. Paul, he's given us these practical application because he wants us to represent Jesus in everything that we do. Some of you today, you might feel like I, I can't afford this new outfit. It's already been paid for. Man, it's already been paid for. Today, the Holy Spirit, I know, has been having a conversation with you. I know that he's been talking to you about some of the things that you need to put to death. Let's put on this new life. Let's put on love and be rooted in him and watch your life thrive and see how your life will impact others. Let's dress to impact those around us and see more change lives. Let's put on love. We need love now more than ever and not some artificial love, but the authentic love that comes only through a personal relationship with Jesus. We need to put on love. Put on love. Before we pray, I I was thinking about how the Lord paid for this new life that we have. A few months ago, on my way to work, I decided to stop at OnCue. I go into OnCue and I get me a drink and some gum, put it on the counter. They ring it up, put it in a bag and put my, my debit card in the little machine there. He goes, decline. I'm like, yo, wait. <laughs> it's not that. I got, I got money in the bank. Anybody had that awkward moment before? You're like, okay, I'll just put it in there again. Something wrong with your machine. Sorry, ma'am. And I put it in there again, decline. And that's where I'm like, what do I do next? So I'm like, hey, I, man, and I push my bag towards the cashier. And I was like, hey, I'm going to go check, see if there's money in the ATM. So I'm over there. I'm messing with the ATM machine. And a gentleman walks over and hands me the bag. And all he says is, it's taken care of. It's taken care of. Can I tell you today, it's taken care of. It's taken care of. God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for you and me. It's taken care of. I can't, I can't afford this new, this new life. Yes, you can, because it's already been paid for. It's available. All you have to do is wake up and put it on because it's been bought with a price. It's taken care of. Let's put our hope in Jesus and trust him because it's taken care of. The Lord wants you to know this morning that new life is available. All you have to do is receive it. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you this morning, you need to receive this new life that's only found in Jesus. Can I tell you, you can try to find a new life a lot of other places. That relationship's going to leave you empty. That substance's going to leave you empty. That website's going to leave you empty and longing for more. But it's only Jesus that will satisfy. He's the only one that can give a new life. So if you're in this room this morning or you're watching online, and you say this morning, Joseph, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to accept 
him as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to count to three, and I want you to lift your hand up. One, two, three. If that's you, lift your hand up. Or if you're online, just simply say, that's me. Lift it up. I see you right there. I see you over there. So cool. I see you all the way back there. Awesome. So many people saying yes to Jesus. That's me. I want a new life. It's available for you. It's available. Would you pray this prayer with me this morning? Dear Lord, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for me. Today, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I accept that you are my Lord and my Savior, and I receive this new life. And from this day forward, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we give Jesus a great big hand for new life? I'm going to turn it over to our other campuses right now. And if you prayed that prayer online or right here in the room, would you take a next step? Because this is what's cool. You don't just get Jesus, you get us. We're on this journey together. So all you need to do is take this simple step, pull out your phone, and text PCS to 94000. And we're going to send you a book to help you, like, it's like a new wardrobe guide to help you live out this new life that's only found in Him. Man, you're representing Jesus. You look good. You look good. Look at someone say you look good. Man, you look good because you have that, that new life look on you. Would everybody stand up with us? Would you stand up with us? Because when you represent Jesus, you understand that there's power in the name of Jesus. We, we, can't, we can't do this on our own, but we can do it through the powerful name of Jesus. I'm not smart enough to know how to dress myself, but the powerful name of Jesus, the name of Jesus can help me. I'm not going to make some mistakes. I'm going to struggle. But this morning, can we worship Jesus? Can we lift his name up this morning and thank him for who he is? Praise of